Hi, and thank you for tuning into the Fight Zone podcast. In this episode, I talk with my friend and one of the best mixed martial arts coaches in Australia. Coach Renato Subotic is former Italian IMF national team coach, Australian IMFA national team coach, head coach in UFC gyms in Sydney, Australia. We had this episode long time in making with the very busy coach Renato, but we finally managed to sit together while he is staying under quarantine back from USA, cornering his student Janae Harding for her win on Bellator 251. We had extensive talk and touched many subjects from leg walks and ground and pound in MMA to the importance of mastery and prioritizing your trainings. Renato coaches in USC gym Sydney, Australia and is always open for advice to any young or advanced fighter. Get in touch with him at Facebook Renato.Subotic or Instagram Renato.Subotic, one word, all links in descriptions as usual. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Why do we fight? To protect home and family. To preserve balance and bring harmony. For our kind, the true question is, what is worth fighting for? The Fight Is All podcast. Um, I have uh, uh, two, two, guys, two of my guys competing in Brisbane on 12, but it uh, will be hard for me to get up there because uh, uh, you need to stay two weeks out of uh, Sydney. So, for example, they are already in Wollongong. And uh, from Wollongong, they're going to go uh, up to Brisbane. But uh, hopefully things maybe change at the end of the month and the border open and uh, I will be able to come up, up there because I can't. Now I'm already uh, four weeks away from work, from family, etc. And uh, I just come back and I need to stay other two weeks uh, uh, down in Wollongong and things like that. My wife will kill me. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you you cannot find the misses. That that's the that's the the only opponent he always wins. <laughs> oh, always, always. Oh, <laughs> uh, you you had had a good success recently in uh, in USA. Uh, you you was you was scoring. Uh, I hope he's saying the name properly. Jenny Harding, isn't it? Like uh, for her win yeah, in Bellator. She- yeah, Janae Harding, she was competing against, uh, against uh, Jessica Miele in Bellator 251. And uh, yeah, it was a great, uh, uh, great uh, fight. She, she was amazing. And uh, we actually uh, was getting ready for another opponent and was supposed to be uh, uh, the fight in Bellator Milan, so in Italy back... Uh, uh, Back uh, in my home, uh, <laughs> yeah. But oh, are you, are you uh, from Milano? No, I'm uh, actually near Venice, like more northeast Italy. But uh, I was often in Milano. One of my fighters, Danilo Belluardo, he was a UFC fighter. He was from Milan, so I was uh, oftening often in Milan, and uh, and yeah. Anyway. Um, the fight uh, get was cancelled because her opponent uh, had to pull out for a bad uh, knee injury, and uh, we get to reschedule another fight in uh, in Connecticut in America, and uh, yeah, um, was everything great because uh, her opponent uh, Jessica Miele was really tough, and she was number seven ranked pound for pound female uh, in the world, 
and uh, we was a big underdog but uh, she really uh, stick on the game plan and we won uh, like on the distance uh, unanimous decision was good cool cool uh, uh is uh is jenny uh your your student or she was just preparing for for this fight with you like no no jenny is my student she's basing now completely in uh, my team and uh, as well like uh, i'm really busy here in sydney like uh, i'm not only um like coaching uh, mainly i'm coaching in ufc gym but um uh, uh i can say um, in sydney we have changed a little bit uh, uh the mentality how uh, teams should work so we are uh, really sharing uh, experience with different coaches we try to like uh, with different teams to to maybe have sparring in one uh, in one facility so we have more body to share and sometimes the boys are coming uh, uh, and training with me and sometimes uh, we're going uh, in the other teams and and actually uh, this is what's uh, what's really working right now because uh, uh, we have a lot of bodies sometimes uh, in uh, some sparring days we have like uh, 25 uh, 30 uh, high level uh, fighters and that's uh, that's great uh, i'm as well like uh, the one of the coaches of the australian team so uh, uh, it's great because this give me an access uh, like uh, to work with uh, some of the best amateur coming up uh, around in new south wales and yeah um, i think this is what uh, mma scene needs more like uh, uh, working together sharing experience and uh, And you know, sometimes even um, uh, I find myself uh, to like get some uh, idea, hearing a coach, uh, different perspective, and I say, oh, maybe oh, open some some lights in my head, and oh, this is great things I can implement in my game, uh, my work, and yeah, this is how it should be, in my opinion. Well, I'm all, all for that, brother, because uh, 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 I was doing this back home. Uh, uh with uh, with the coaches around like we was kind of you know like doing like uh, guest sparrings you know every, every saturday we was going you know like a different gym between us so like uh and like these different coaches like get input to you know i, I don't i don't mind uh, other coaches working with my guys and then vice versa like this you exactly. change experience you get uh you get new ideas as you said like because no one knows everything in our sport so it's always cool like when you're working with with other good coaches exactly. say, oh this guy does that or oh, i never thought about that or like oh yeah. i forgot about that so it's it's always good and as as we say it takes a village to to raise a champion so it's it's always good like exactly. when we compete between us it's especially in amateur circle that's most about growing growing the guys you know like uh, if if all of us are better then we produce better Better, better quality fighters, and then when go, they go outside, then then they, they can compete on, on proper level. So that that's my 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 understanding as well. Yeah, I I, co- I completely agree on you uh, with you, and uh, the things is as well like uh, um, I'm I'm really busy, and uh, and uh, I come every day in the gym from 5 a.m. I finish like at 9:30 p.m. and uh, right now uh, it's great because um, when I have the advanced class. Uh, like competitor class, we have like uh, sometimes 40, 30 people on the mat. Everyone who have like a good level uh, of skill set, 
not everyone is professional, but uh, honestly, I have a lot of professional as well. And and it's hard to see in one team like uh, uh, all of these people working together. And I think uh, um, uh, sometimes people get confused, like uh, between like uh, learning and and uh, in the process. Then oh, I know everything. Uh, uh, that's uh, how it should be. That's wrong. You know, even I think. At the highest level, at some point, because I'm young and I understand that I have a, uh, in favor of 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 me, like uh, I still can can move like uh, uh, some top of the athlete, so I can help uh, my fighters in, in in the best way. But some coaches, like uh, getting uh, like older, it's of course you can't do a role with your with, with your fighter, or you can't you know um, do things like that, but. Uh, in the process, I think have to be this exchange where, for example, when an athlete comes in your gym, you give him everything. You he's growing uh, through your knowledge, through your uh, um, uh, teaching, and at some point, even uh, you, like a coach, have to understand and say, "Oh, okay, we need something more. Let's grow together." And make an example: you're going doing a camp. Uh, your athlete's going to do a camp in another team, and maybe you can go with him. So. Uh, uh, you learn, you just open some doors and when you come back, back uh, your level is moving up and, and this is I think the right mindset like coach and uh, not uh, uh, every uh, best athlete become a, a great coach but I think uh, um, coach have to have that like uh, have to see things a little bit more further and uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah build, uh, build uh, his knowledge up every day you know yeah absolutely and also like as a coach i would think if if you're a good coach uh first of all you're not shy from your product like uh, your students if, and second you're not shy to you know sometimes to put the goals or to go for a role and to learn as well yeah. because uh, if you're confident in your own skills like uh, what can happen someone can catch me something i don't know fine you know like gonna learn something new i'm not not trying you know to to get hit or like to get caught in a, in the move from someone yeah i get caught all the time you know but uh, if you stop learning you know how how you'll be good in, in keep teaching because the sport is progressing you know like i can easily say that uh, the fighters now are, like better the fighters in my time so if i stop learning and if i Keep it on on the level that I was like when I when I stopped competing. Exactly. I won't be I won't be on 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 point with with the time of the development of the sport. You have to you have to be open. And exactly. uh, I think exactly. I think that that's slowly changing with MMA mentality because MMA was uh, kind of you know uh, perceived more personally. Everyone is trying not to to keep his own and like, but now it's changing. I yeah. I think it, it's changing for good. It's changing. It's changing. Still uh, still. Uh, uh, you need to have your home, your base, etc. You know, you need to have like a home when you are an athlete. But uh, let's be real: like uh, um, this world is uh, MMA. Um, MMA world is so like uh, exposed, like in media. But uh, finally, it's really small. You know, and uh, it's not a lot of things uh, going on. And specifically, like specifically in Australia, like. Uh, uh, you have like big centers, like for example Sydney or, or or Melbourne, where you have a lot of teams. And after, uh, at the end of the day, it's not a lot of uh, in proportion how big is the country and everything, you know. So if you don't share with each other, if you don't, uh, you can't like uh, um, 
compete with maximum level outside. And yeah, I find as well like the evolution of the sport. Like for example, I'm I'm a I'm a professor of what I'm doing. I always say to my students like um, when you uh, when you're training, it's like you're going to university. I don't see MMA like violent. I don't see this. Uh, these things like people always try to um, uh, say, oh, if you're an MMA fighter, if you do MMA, that's violent, just bad people doing that. For me, I always say to them, it's like you're going to university and the more hour you invest in a specific uh, area, for example, I don't know, you're working, you study maths, you know, or you study in science and you spend every week study that uh, five, six hours, you're gonna your probability to become good in science math will be big you know and same things i've seen in the area of mma you're working i don't know on the ground and you're spending like six hours a week working on that your probability to become good on that will be high and this is how you should i'm looking at the sport and whenever i give my feedback to my student and say look your cage wrestling is not good you need to invest uh, uh that time on that you need to invest on that you know and this is how it should be you know being able to um be able and humble to say okay it's a, the classic mistake make a striker when they come to mma you know and saying like oh uh i'm gonna bang and i'm gonna knock him down and uh, it's not like that you find a, a a low low middle low level of wrestler and you know how the fight will finish because when you have someone who tried to take you down, all your things change, all your plan change because you're striking, uh, you can't commit 100% because you are scared to get in on the floor, uh, you leave an opening, and mainly what's happening most of the time, they have the hands low, and it's the wrestler who counter and, and, uh, and make the damage in the fight, you know? That's, um, yeah, how I seen the things, you know? I agree with that. You you cannot you cannot strike if you cannot wrestle. That's the truth with, with MMA because that's uh, that's, that, that's it. When you when you're trying not to outstrike a wrestler and you're not 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 confident with with your with your stand up with your wrestling, exactly. your hips are back. You cannot you cannot commit to strike. You cannot deliver the strong strike that you normally do. Exactly. And you finish finish on your butt. And then guess guess who is who is dominating. That's how it works. Exactly. It's, since in the classic fight, uh, everyone know and it's more easy to make people uh, having the the imagine like Khabib Connor, no? Uh, Connor, uh, like on the book, who is the better wrestler, Khabib, and everyone know who is the better striker, and everyone will respond Connor. But it's not true because who knocked down who in a fight, Khabib? Because Khabib, uh, first of all, like make him feel like. Uh, he will get on the takedown and they're going to try to take him down. And you can see early in the fight, on the first round, he shoots, shoots really low. What's happened on the second or third round? I don't remember if it was second or third, but Khabib fake. And the same way, he will go low, low, low. And he lands this big over and right and, and, and put him and on drop. his ass. You know? From, because, from, you need from to MMA perspective, his, his striking was, uh, was uh, more effective than the corner strike. That's the result of 100%. the fight. Because uh, Connor in a in a uh, kickboxing, in a boxing fight is a better strike, but not in MMA because he needs to respect the wrestling of Khabib. So he's going to have his hands low, ready. I, I seen it. And what Connor was doing was perfectly right. He was be ready to catch him with a double underhook. So 
his probe will be really high, uh, really really heavy, and uh, putting uh, put his hands between uh, uh, Khabib and his body, so everything will be easier on the way out. You know, but that's that's exactly what wrestler want. You know, P bring your attention down, so I can I can commit my strike hundred percent. You know. Well, similar thing happened in not not that that degree because uh, Conor Conor Khabib was a very high fight, but he's the last yeah. fight of Khabib with uh, with Justin Gage, who is like I, I I can argue he he's more effective MMA striker than 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 Conor probably, by my opinion, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what happened is uh, same uh, Gage in Orino being being wrestler himself in order to to counter the the power wrestling of Khabib. His hands was normally down than his previous yeah, fights. Normally yeah. he fights hands up. On this fight, like he fought hands down in order to be able to sprawl. And what happened? Exactly. Khabib outstrike him completely. He outstrike yeah. him. He, he, he beat him on striking. And and to make an example as well, like one important thing in this fight is how much Gaethje has spent on the first round just to move all the time and every every action of Khabib, he was reacting like classic wrestling style. He was reacting like five times on top of more, you know, spending so much energy moving around. And this would make everything easier at the end, not for Khabib. But anyway, uh, that's the problem when you fight someone who's wrestling all his life and, and who is doing this, because the style of Khabib is extremely simple, but extremely effective, where he has spent millions of hours doing exactly the same things every day and uh, this makes like him extremely dominant on what he's he does the best you know the things is like mma it's bringing back like of uh, of what we have said at the start of the our conversation like uh, i'm studying every fight sometimes uh, when i finish watch on the weekend ufc bellator i finish i don't know watching some uh, remote fights uh, in Russia or in Kazakhstan and uh, and study, study, study because this is what I love to do. And you can see how the evolution of sport is going. Like, for example, I remember three, two years ago, uh, if you was landing a calf kick in the gym, people was looked at you like, oh, what this guy is doing? Like, that's shit, you know? Like, it's disgusting, you know? Technically, was something really bad to do it. And now you see in the last year how the calf kick is getting success. And I remember I have my book and I was watching like fights and I see uh, on my notes like calf kick, you no? Know? And I see after on my notes like calf kick, calf kick, and just getting off and often on my book. And I say, oh, we need to work on calf kick because it's extremely effective. Calf kick, he tried to catch your leg, but he can't because it's too low. And uh, uh, it's like one of the things we're working a lot, for example, and it's before was, oh, if you do that, really bad, you know, like. Yeah, Kalki Kau become, become huge in the recent years, just, just like that, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really want to, to go back to your, to your way of coaching, your, your, your coaching style, yeah. but uh, uh, I also want to go through to your own uh, story as, as much as as athlete, because you have competed a lot yeah. in, in diff different rules as well, and uh, yeah. to your way to to coaching, because uh, you're coming from an area that I I'm also coming, and uh, yeah. it's it's fun it's fun to hear everyone's story. So like, how how you started with uh, with martial arts 
it at all, like in, in where? So I start really, really young because my granddad was a fighter, my, my dad was a fighter, my brother. So we come like from a family of fighting and uh, my background. So I'm, I grew up in Italy. Uh, uh, I moved in Italy when I was uh, one years old, but uh, uh, my parents are from uh, at the time was Yugoslavia, but uh, her background, my family background is Serbian. So yeah, like we kind of have uh, uh, this in our blood. Like uh, uh, my granddad, my dad was a uh, traditional Shotokan fighters. So I started with a karate, and uh, uh, things was uh, was normal for me getting up every day, training. Uh, I remember like every Eastern Europe dad, uh, like he was wake me up at five a.m. going for a run, and after you go to school, like was pretty pretty tough <laughs> uh, other other boys like 13 14 years old like was focusing in other stuff and i was i was focusing on that and at some point i remember i didn't know if i was doing that more for myself or for my dad but uh, <laughs> the things is uh, uh, everything's uh, uh, you know I, when you become older I, I i was more crazy than my dad so i was uh, really <laughs> Focusing just on that uh, was never going out, never like uh, for me, fun was being the gym, you know, and doing what I love. And I remember my idea was pretty clear when I was uh, young, like I was seven, eight years old. My goal was I want to be a world champion and I want to, you know, uh, have a gym and build something different. And uh, yeah, uh, I compete in karate from there, actually. Uh, my uh, first uh, uh, part of my career was dedicated on the on the striking, and uh, from there I move in boxing, and I compete in boxing. And uh, the area where I'm from in Italy, in northeast, it's uh, so famous for like uh, uh, combat sport, mainly for for striking, because uh, we have a lot of like boxing world champion, WBC, WBO, and as well. In white tie, we have Giorgio Petrosian, who he was uh, um, uh, is a legend in sport and probably is the best kickboxer ever. Uh, when yeah, he was seventeen, Petrosian was really good. Uh, he was seventeen and he was fighting Boacal. He was having seventeen fights, seventeen years old, I think, and he fought Boacal. Was having like two hundred and I don't know how many fights, and he drew with Boacal. So this is, was the level of the guy, you know. And uh, nothing like uh, I was a really, uh, really hard worker, and this was like my biggest talent. And I remember uh, I moved to the gym of Giorgio, and uh, uh, was unbelievable breeding like uh, with someone who was the K1 uh, World Max uh, champion. And uh, from there, I was uh, one thing I always felt like uh, I was feeling like um, incomplete, you know, I was feeling always, oh. I was boxed, but what's happening if I kick? If I, when I moved to the uh, kickboxing Muay Thai, I felt like, what's happening if someone take me down and things like that. So I was really, uh, always tried to challenge myself. And I remember I was driving every day, one hour and a half to go in Slovenia and uh, training with, um, at, the, at the moment was um, uh, Carlos Maya, was a black belt in Jiu Jitsu. And I, I know remember Carlos. My first, 
I know Carl. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I met him in, in, in Macedonia. Uh, he's a nice guy. Nice guy, really oh, good. Oh, great, great. And at the moment was, was I'm talking about seven, seven years ago, uh, eight years ago. At the moment, having a black belt in Europe and training with a black belt was, oh, this is something, uh, something huge, you know? And I can't forget my first day. So I was really strong, like athlete. I was so explosive, so uh, smart. And I remember, uh, actually, I was uh, before camping in, in Slovenia uh, for a, a fighting camp, etc. And it was these people doing jiu-jitsu. And I was like, oh, what's happening there, you know? And uh, I tried. And uh, I remember the sensation when this guy who was so much lighter than me, uh, he jumped on my back uh, and I was like uh, struggling and I was, was the worst feeling ever. I felt like uh, someone raped me. And I say, no, no, this can't happen anymore, you know? Uh, so I remember that feeling. I remember I couldn't sleep because I'm like that. I'm so obsessed about And I couldn't sleep for a couple of days saying, no, this can happen, you know? So I get back the day after, and I remember the pain, like first pain was the neck and things like that. But still, uh, uh, the crazy things happen. Like I become really good on submission, and I won all my fight by submission and on the first round. And uh, the thing is, I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't like it because I was, one thing so, uh, was my biggest talent, like was the fighting IQ. Not like strong, not like uh, the fastest, but the fighting IQ, and I early in my career understand that's not good. I don't like to be in my back. I don't like to submit people uh, and and take a risk to some rounds. I was losing in the gym of people just lying on top of me and, you know, winning by point, doing nothing. And I was like hungry, like this is can happen. So I just decided to throw everything in the bin and I say, this is not working. And I just focused on freestyle wrestling. I remember I was wrestling like every day, twice a day, three times a day sometimes. And I say, no, I don't want to be ever the one on the bottom. I want to be the guy who's taking down, dominant the fight. And, and no one was understanding because at the, at the beginning, actually, um, was uh, a normal style. People don't understand when with the Gracie, with UFC, like uh, the mentality won was you pull the guard, you try to submit them, you know, and and was actually a, a cool, like people was working like that. And I didn't like it. Like I said, no, it's about percentage. And 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 I was smart to understand that and uh, make my training focus like on um, uh, if I was doing 14 session a, a week, I was doing 10 on wrestling. And, and that was my game change, you know, and nothing. I, I still was feeling um, I didn't have uh, uh, the best of, uh, of the opportunity in Italy. So I moved in Brazil and I was training in Wovonjao. I was training with De La Riva. And uh, I want to really smell uh, what is the real MMA. And Brazil at the moment was kind of uh, the top uh, with America, no? Uh, because... Honestly, Russia probably was the top already, but, uh, you know, wasn't the door open through the MMA scene, Sambo in Russia. No one was, uh, was giving them shots. Yeah, so, I was, I was yeah. recently uh, speaking uh, with my wife and 
we was talking with someone and uh, she said you predicted that because uh, back in the days we was watching UFC I said oh wait until Russians get there and Eastern Europeans because uh, they just didn't have access and uh, yeah. back in back in Russia they they have good exactly. fighters they have good tournaments but they don't have they don't have the money at that time and I was like oh exactly. wait until those guys get there and now like you can see it's like it's Russians, Russians like in, in every weight class that they're doing pretty good. So, yeah, and, I believe and, that uh, by the days. And people don't understand, like, probably this is not the best, uh, like, uh, maybe we have some of the top fighters in UFC from Russia, but in Russia, uh, probably they are not even, uh, uh, like, I don't want to say number 10, you know, in the in, in Russia scene. But some of, it's not only the best Russian coming in UFC, it's who have the access to get to UFC and that's the reality you know uh, I remember uh, one of uh, uh, when I was in Alpha Male I was training with this uh, um, guy from Dagestan and he tell me like Khabib uh, wrestling is not like uh, uh, like number 50 on his weight class in Russian you know it's people who who in a wrestling fight they can uh, Russian they can maul him you know and and uh, and dominate him, and uh, I remember, like, uh, yeah, that's the level, you know. Well, and he has uh, uh, Khabib has a loss from a friend of mine, uh, a Bulgarian Samu fighter like Marko Kosev, who is like three-time world champion yeah. himself. And uh, one of my game change was uh, uh, when I uh, when I really start working and dedicate all my time on MMA wrestling. And uh, as well, I move in Alpha Male when everyone knows Alpha Male is like a, a basically uh, a wrestling team who is doing MMA. So at the moment was Chad Mendez, uh, uh, I remember was uh, Cody, was a world champion, uh, uh, bantamweight, and was that was like, okay, that's the level and I'm there, you know, I can, I can compete with this. But uh, the crazy things, uh, and maybe what is the, the turn of my career, was um, uh, I opened a gym in Italy, and uh, my gym was uh, probably, at some point, uh, the best gym in Italy, where like um, all the best fighters around was coming and training with me. And uh, honestly, uh, like nine, ten years ago, when I opened the gym really young, I didn't open for... Um, for training other people. I open because I understand clearly what you need to do to become a good fighter. And my goal was fighting, but I didn't have the body. So I say, I will open something so, you know, I can have a body and I can training when I'm here. And in the summer, because at the time I was working in construction, I was working, uh, 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 I was really working from 4 a.m. to 2, 3 p.m. And uh, I was saving all my money because people think, oh, Renato, it's going like overseas. <laughs> no, Renato, I come from humble family, humble origin. And uh, I was saving everything I had to go overseas and just, you know, uh, come home and almost cry because uh, who is the idiot who invests all his money? Go get bashed and come back and keep working and go get. And, you know, it's not normal, but. Uh, what's happening at the at the moment? Uh, doing things right, and uh, I was building an amazing team. Like I remember, I started with twenty people, and at some point, I was having like four hundred students in my gym, uh, and was something huge. I remember 
Uh, my city in Italy, everyone, uh, soccer is the main things, but uh, I remember at some point in, in my city, no one was talking about soccer, but was only MMA. And uh, was people, I actually <laughs> make everyone sick around me about MMA. <laughs> and, uh, and all the best fighters around, like uh, Marvin, when he was, Marvin Vettori, when he was back, from, because his, mainly his training camp was uh, in US. But when he was back in Italy, he was come to visit me, training with us. Uh, Amedovsky, Alan, he's uh, from uh, Macedonia. He was coming to training with me. He's a really good friend of mine, amazing guy. Leon Aliu, he's an eight and one uh, brave fighter, was coming with me. Danilo Beluardo, UFC fighter. He was uh, uh, mainly based in my team. And the things was going great, you know. And uh, at some point, like, I feel the responsibility and I felt like, uh, uh, okay, uh, this is my one of... Uh, my mainly talent was really uh, give the opportunity to a fighter to compete to a maximum level. And uh, for me, coaching is 24-7, like even when I'm sleeping, you know, I'm thinking about my fighters and what I can do to make uh, make them uh, compete and perform in the best way, you know. And I think this is the mainly um, the, the success uh, I get. Uh, and I, of course, in Italy, I, I was one of the coaches of the national team for IMAF. And I uh, I don't even remember how many medals I bring for IMAF, like a couple of gold medal, silver medal uh, at the world stage. Like who know IMAF and who know how hard it is to get a medal at the, at the, at the IMAF tournament, at the world championship, know what I'm talking about. Like, uh, and I was producing a lot of metal for Italy, for other countries as well. Uh, and yeah, here I am. <laughs> How you go to Australia? So my wife, she's Australian. And uh, uh, honestly, like uh, uh, she was homesick. And uh, well, at the beginning, when, when I arrived to Australia, was more like, uh, um, I can say just a, Actually, I was on a holiday visa, and uh, my goal was we stay here a couple of months, you know, and we go back. But uh, I have a, a daughter, and the situation in Italy uh, was uh, great for me, honestly. But uh, for the future, like uh, um, my daughter Freya and uh, and things like. Uh, uh, when I come to Australia, I've seen like uh, a lot of opportunity, you know, even the uh, how the people was uh, appreciate my work and the success I was getting straight away. Like uh, I remember, for example, one of my fighter, Olivia Ukmar, she just turned pro. Olivia, I remember uh, when I was, uh, I didn't, when I come to Australia, I didn't say I'm coaching, I'm doing that, but I, I like the fact that uh, how the people was getting information about me. And uh, I remember I was actually flying for UFC Stockholm because one of my fighters was competing there. And I didn't say anyone, like, I'm coaching, I'm doing that. But the guys was, oh, why this guy is going UFC? Like, who, who, is, th who is this guy? Like, let's check it out. Like, and uh, at the moment, I was just training a small group of people, but not, mm, uh, like, officially. Like, I was just doing... Because I, I actually remember how I started. I, I was one of the first coming in the gym. And I saw Olivia. Uh, she was working really hard. And I 
I passed one, two, three times, and I saw this girl like, oh, she's always before me here, and she's working hard, but she was making uh, technically a lot of mistakes, like, uh, and nothing. I saw her one, two, three times, and I couldn't shut up. And I say to her, look, come here. <laughs> let's, uh, uh, let me help you out. And at the moment, uh, like, uh, uh, was just for the love of the sport. Like, actually, I, I was kind of feeling the fire inside to, to compete again. And I was training at the moment. Uh, I was going down in Vulengon, training with Vulkanovski. I was training with Martin Newen, who is, uh, my, my, for me, it's like my brother. And uh, it's um, one of the greatest person and champion I ever met. And I was feeling great. I was feeling everything is going on point for me to fight again. No? Actually, uh, I won a couple of competition in submission, in wrestling. And uh, things was going great. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, just uh, the feeling, you know, like I was the coaching, you have to feel to coach. And I, I don't know, like a fighter in the good way, you need to be selfish. And um, I couldn't uh, leave people. So a uh, short story, um, I started preparing Olivia and I remember I was talking to people about IMAF and the people, <laughs> Olivia and all the guys can tell you that. So what this guy is talking about, like I'm a world championship, like a uh, uh, national team, what is he talking about? So I really try at the moment to, this is how I get in contact with Richie, you and all the, the amazing people of uh, I'm of Australia. And I say, I want to change this thing. So I challenge myself and I say, okay, I will make Olivia ready and we're going for a gold, you know, we're going again there and we're gonna uh, try to get the gold and the win and uh, it's really hard because for imaf you need to make weight every day get up at 5 a.m in the morning make weight compete every day it's probably hardest than any any uh i don't want to say professional fights but you need to have endurance not only physically but mentally you know and Olivia, it's, in my opinion, probably the most talented athlete uh, uh, we have around in Australia. Her, her wrestling are phenomenal. And uh, her mindset uh, is unbelievable. Like, uh, she uh, wants more and more. She's so ready to learn and, and always there on the mat first. And uh, we accept the challenge. We get in Bahrain. And uh, Olivia was uh, the first ever silver medal for a senior class for Australian team. And uh, this is when actually I get the, con the officially um, contact from Richie, who is an amazing president because he's so open-minded and, and I like it because uh, it's this form of meritocracy. When he contacts me straight away, I say, ah, Renato, uh, congratulations for the result. Congratulations for, for what you do. You want to be a part of the uh, Australian team, like uh, for the national coaches. And uh, I say, I'm here. I'm here to help you guys. And I'm here to uh, go with you all together, you know, and, and try to really, because everything we do, people don't know, but we do for free. You know, it's no one like federation on, we don't have like any uh, money access uh, uh, to say, oh, the guy is a coach of the national team. He get paid like 600 bucks a week. No, it's just losing money. On doing that, but it's for a bigger, uh, for a for a bigger goal, you know, for the athletes, for 
for giving an opportunity. And for and the this sport, is you know, I already organized like yeah. a couple of tournaments here in Queensland. By the way, uh, okay, so like whoever is listening now is going to worry soon, so we have an advantage. We're organizing another Queensland Open next year. Uh, it's going to be announced yeah. soon. That's going to be on uh, 20th of February. Uh, hopefully, the New South Wales border will be open. That's why we postponed. I was thinking about like doing before the end of this year, but I talked with the other people from the Federation and uh, they say, oh, but uh, New South Wales guys cannot travel, like, uh, and we, we push it like, to the next year. So, like, first of all, everyone has time to prepare, like we always do. We want, want to give, like, a lot of time for people to prepare so they can go exactly. and be in their best shape. And and second, uh, uh, for the guys from the, the the other states to be able to travel. So, like, hopefully, there, there will be, the, the restrictions will be will be eased the next year. So, like, we can come together and, and do, do, a, do a good competition. And the one thing I want to say as well, like uh, um, the evolution of IMF uh, Australia, you know, like uh, uh, we uh, organize uh, and you was one of uh, the main guy for that, uh, the Oceania Championship uh, in uh, in Gold Coast. And uh, for the first time ever, Australian team have bring like, I don't remember if we bring like 15 athletes and uh, we rank at number one, uh, we win uh, like a team Oceania championship. We bring a lot of gold medals and uh, we beat like teams like Bahrain or, you know, other teams, UK and New Zealand. And uh, it was the first time ever Australia brings so many athletes at that level. And we have done like a coaches like uh, Brian Abizo, me, uh, Alan Philpop at, at, uh, at the beginning, uh, one uh, of the uh, greatest athletes, I think uh, now, in Australia, uh, and uh, and everyone uh, of the team have bring like a really uh, a high selection where we try really uh, to to select the best guys uh, uh, from each area, and as well not looking like he's my guy, no, but looking like for the for the benefit of the sport where we actually select who is the best one, and it's hard because no, still I'm off. Uh, is not uh, so popular here, so that's crazy because I think in the future you can see, for example, Mwakaev, he's 23 and 0 amateur. All the best fighters uh, in UFC will come from from IMF, in my opinion. Look, for example, Jack Shore, he was 15 and 0, and he is now 13 and 0 amateur uh, professional in UFC, and a lot of other uh, great athletes, you know. Yeah, I think more and more, uh, and it, no, I think that there is more and more IMF champions like moving to UFC, especially the last year, which was uh, really tight for amateur competition. A lot of uh, best amateurs they actually switch pros so that they can compete. They, a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of like good IMF athletes they actually switch to switch to pro. Which now it op- opens opens for for the new for the new generation for the new, the exactly. new guys who are exactly. so it's going to be interesting when when we we get back competing. There's a lot of chance now. Many of the of the big champions they switch pro, so like there's place place for for new talent now. It's going to be very interesting when we start competing again. Oh, Olivia, for example, is one of them. She was supposed to be actually fight uh, uh, 12 of December in Brisbane, but uh, the fight get cancelled. It's a little bit hard, uh, really, uh, to find uh, um, an opponent. And actually, 
I would use uh, this platform as well. Like uh, we have a lot of fighters, and if uh, any promotion needs uh, uh, any any weight class, I almost have like female and male, like every every weight class. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, try to. It's hard, you know, because Australia is a really big country, but uh, um, sometimes you realize how how small it is, you know, for some aspect. And uh, yeah. That's it. So, and uh, about IMAF as well, I want to say, like, like a coach, uh, uh, people need to understand the the coaches, like, why the Russian are extremely dominant in a, in the MMA scene. It's easy to understand why for the background, where is wrestling, sambo, etc. But when the guy come to the amateur level, I'm thinking, of, I'm talking about IMAF. Uh, competing in his first IMA fight from Russia, and the guy already have like uh, uh, 400 sambo fights, a million of uh, wrestling fights. So he's not a real uh, zero zero in an amateur scene. He's uh, already like probably have more experience than uh, some of the UFC fighter in, in in UFC. You know, with six champion. You know, and uh, that's the reality. That's make big difference. This is what is how project, you know, we're talking about often about that, like try to uh, make some more competition, like more open mat competition when a guy 15 years old, he can come uh, one day like a classic jiu-jitsu comp and he have like six, seven fights, maybe, you know, and bring his, uh, his, uh, his level up, you know, competing, competing. Yeah. Yeah, well, 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 that's the point. So, like, uh, our goal was, you know, to make as much competition as possible so people can actually, you know, perfect their, their MMA game. It's not about, like, of course, it's 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 a, it's a competition. You try to win, but uh, here in Australia, like, as you say, like, it, it's awesome work for Richard that he listens and he gets new idea. Like, we introduce uh, divisions so you can go, you can compete, like, C, B, and A division. The IMF rules like CMB a bit more east east rules. You don't have like uh, head strikes on, on the ground, so like you can practice your your sport. I think that was what what is was generally missing in in MMA because uh, uh, it's when you train jujitsu like what you do. You can be world champion in white belt. You compete with your own level. You train yeah. six months and you, then you start competing. Then you're getting all this experience during the time. That was what was missing in MMA because MMA like is 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 dangerous yeah. as a sport, right? So like. To make this step yeah, from yeah. Uh, training to competing, it's a big thing. You can oh maybe maybe it's not enough. Maybe I train another year. Oh maybe oh maybe I train another year. Oh okay. Oh the other guys yeah. are too good. Oh maybe I never compete. So it's exactly well, what we did here. We provide a, a a platform when you can compete on your own, your own level. So like uh, I'm gonna explain again the the classes. So like uh, C class as we do it here in in, in on Queensland Open is. C class, uh, you can compete if you never won any martial art tournament, right? You might have yeah. like a couple of jiu-jitsu fights here there, but you haven't won tournament. That's your class, so you go and compete there. If you can, if you won any martial art, art, art tournament, like boxing, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, whatever, then you go in B class. So the rules are the same, no no ground and pound in the head, but you can compete like on a bit higher level. So like C class is newbie yeah. class, this like more melting pot class. If you feel confident and you have already like a couple of uh, amateur, amateur fights and you feel confident with rules, you go A class, compete, qualify for the national team. 
like this, everyone has spot, you know, to practice his own sport with someone on your own level. So, and, and in this and way, that's how should be. That's how it should be because uh, people don't understand. Sorry, I just get the call on the back. <laughs> oh, okay. Even like a coach, you know, sometimes you find yourself to uh, uh, like uh, don't have any opportunity for your fighter before like that because uh, you need to like uh, kind of push him to to get compete like uh, at the highest amateur level, and you know it's not the right things to do because like. Uh, uh, even you, we're losing a lot of fighters on the way, you know, because um, um, some of and some coaches do the wrong things when they just throw him fight and survive and 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 maybe uh, win or lose the fight, but the guys say no, I don't gonna do it this anymore, you know why? You know, it's not level. And uh, actually, uh, this format people maybe gonna sound new for the Australian scene, but I can bring the example of Italy. I remember. Uh, and Vito Paulillo, Vice President uh, Saverio Longo, they have done great job with that. I remember one of the first uh, Italian competition uh, was the Italian Championship Amateur, and you have the club, you say, no? And it uh, was like 30, 40, 50 fighters there, no? And after a couple of years, I remember the Italian Championship, you have to do two days tournament because it was like 400. Uh, 400 people signed for the tournament, uh, and it was crazy. It was huge, and 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 this is like uh, brings the level up a lot. Like because you find the guys who turn, uh, say in A class already with maybe like uh, 20 fights. Like uh, and and uh, this is what's make a big difference. You know, brother, I just leave you one second because I have a medical check uh, uh, with the nurse for uh, because I'm still in quarantine. And uh, they need to check if I'm still alive. <laughs> you you're legally alive now. <laughs> <laughs> you're legally alive. <laughs> yeah, still still alive. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I I, I yeah. think I think I think it's growing. Like we're speaking back back. Man, like uh, whoever is listening in, Ryan had to interrupt to get his medical check because he's in quarantine, like getting back from Belto. And yeah, we were speaking back about like uh, how IMF provides you this experience that you need to get as amateur, you know, to to get uh, to get on a proper level, and then you can go do, go do whatever you want if you if you have like uh, plans to become professional or not. It's it's up to whoever. Exactly. Renato, let's go to. So be the coaching talk. Uh, uh, yes. So, so, how how I I this this podcast is mostly about the amateur athletes and, and about coaching. So I really want to to get into you know like how you approach uh, how you you as preparation. Of, uh, let's say I'm a guy who like I'm like 15, 16 years old and I come to your gym and you know I want to start training. So how you approach? Uh, what what you teach them first, you know, how you systemize their preparation until you bring them to the level that you bring your fighters? So, um, I think every fighter is different. And and actually, uh, I think uh, it's no hardest athlete to manage than a fighter. Because fighters have a lot of issues. You can't be normal uh, 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 going to the gym and get hit in the head. Like, uh, it's not like... Uh, 
the most natural things but uh, honestly it's uh, probably is natural because you know we born like uh, even you can say uh, I like I say I love to study and I love only not only um, I want to allow to study what is around the sport and you can see for example uh, genetically right um, every uh, every area someone come from uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, develop what you, even if you don't know but uh, what you what you are good at for example bring it in Ethiopia all uh, the, the Ethiopian are famous for a marathon It's really good to running long distance and things like that and genetically is a reason why no and the same things about fighting um, like uh, genetic and and the genetic memory is so interesting because look for example like uh, Mahori or, or people from Russia or people from all like the Balkan area like uh, uh, Serbian Bulgarian there are people who for example for a ta for a hundred and hundred years was always in war you know and uh, and uh, it's kind of instinct uh, you 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 have this uh, these things coming uh, coming out uh, when uh, when you grow you know but uh, we are humans so we have these things too you know and uh, i think it's important for a coach um, uh, understand how the mind of of the athletes work you know and uh, uh, everyone have to be different for example um, uh, in the corner you have some athletes i have some athletes they need like to me be there 24 7 and uh, make him feel like safe uh, make him feel like uh, uh, okay uh, we can do this no and uh, you have other type of athlete for example uh, bring out Janae Janae is uh, one of the easiest athletes I've ever been in the corner she's like uh, uh, so chill so quiet and uh, and uh, uh, we every day we get down we training we get the job done hang out relax and uh, was probably one of the easiest time I was in the corner with someone because uh, and even for her heritage you know she's uh, 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 Alpha Mahori so you know it's a uh, it's a uh, depends of course of, of a lot of things but uh, where you are from then like kind of uh, give you the line of uh, of uh, um, uh, of uh, of your attitude when you're fighting you know and that's it I think if with the young athletes you need to uh, be open-minded like honestly I pass through a different stage like a coach I was really really strict before like uh, in Italy I was having students uh, um, who was uh, um, like getting up at uh, 5 a.m. and I was telling before school you need to come in the gym training and after you go to school like was so much like Balkan style and and uh, and, <laughs> and things like that and I remember some of the parents was telling me like uh, uh, oh my my son you know he's going to school he's sleeping on the table and uh, and he's not doing things well at school and i told uh, to these parents like how was your son before at school was good or bad ah he was bad so i say it's not problem i made the problem is your son you know uh, uh, <laughs> that's the reality uh, but uh, uh, with the time i get more like uh, uh, relaxed like a coach because uh, uh, you need to take thing you need to take fighting seriously it's not a game 
you can't play fighting you know you get hurt but you need to have uh, and you need to make feel your student uh the mainly things is have fun of what you're doing you know you need to enjoy it uh, you need to uh, understand and have in your mind uh, how uh, important is and how dangerous can be but you need to have fun and this is one thing i always repeat to my students because uh, if you don't have fun if you're doing because people are watching me because i want to be a champion that's not the way it's it's you need to split up it's big big things become a champion but you need to split the the things uh, big things every day with a work you know and yeah that's that's my things like i try to understand who i have in front of me and evolve like uh, uh, my approach to them in different way and of course you have some things you don't change you know because it's kind of the dna of the gym and 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 uh, the way we work like you know you mentioned uh this which is a common problem with uh with mma athletes uh, to overtrain or to undertrain uh so how for example uh uh what signs you're looking for for someone like not to overtrain and what signs uh tell you for someone he's just just like uh trying not to to get it easy and just pretending that he's trained too too hard but he's actually not not giving so that that's a common problem for for mma coaches and you have to guide it like how do you do that so let's say how you recognize someone is like pushing too much and how you rec recognize what signs you're looking for in an athlete that he's actually not not giving enough uh, you you understand uh, uh straight away uh, that and uh, some some things like coach need to understand you can really be a big uh, uh, big point of change of the life in athletes you know in the in in a lot of aspects but uh, is about uh, uh, is about how someone grow as well you know like uh, uh, you can't change a guy i'm talking about now amateur i'm not talking about professional but you can change a guy training him three times per week if uh, i don't know his family at home is eating mcdonald it's uh, it's uh, having an healthy style life uh, parents are drinking that's really hard i want to say one thing um, to just you know people think oh you need to be a fighter you come from uh, bad things you know you come back from from bronx i don't know uh, these legends that's not true you know uh, people have to understand it's different type of uh, struggle like uh, for example people from uh, dagestan i make an example because we were talking about that they are always in uncomfortable position in a training in a positive things and they after evolved like uh, uh, the skills blah 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 etc but if you are come from bad things like playing the gangster or or you know like uh, uh you losing the time of your life uh, uh, smoking uh, uh like i don't know uh, drinking partying pubs and things like that it's an effect of things you can't be a champion that's no way possible because you investing your time in a in a in a things different uh, uh, area of 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 fighting, total opposite area, and uh, this is like coach have to understand like why this guy is not pushing and uh, how I can bring him. For example, one one things I do like a coach, I try always to put the lights on of the hard worker of who is putting. So if I need to um, 
give some credit of on my student i try to give credit to who is working hard so maybe the guy who's not pushing uh start seeing him like an example no and uh, and uh, i try to give this uh, uh, i think is in on coach give the line uh of how the gym have to go you know so if you give uh, this type of attitude uh the people who are gonna come in the gym will be more similar to that way of of uh, of working you know and uh yeah it's like a wolf pack uh, 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 wolf pack you know uh if it's one type of wolf pack i don't know if you come in the gym where everyone is working hard training uh, uh hard and uh, living for that and you come to do it like oh i will just come here i'm a fighter i'm a dad you don't gonna stand there a long time you're just gonna find a way out you know because it's not just it's not representing you that's how i think about you know yeah uh, it, it's all about culture in the gym and uh uh as you said it's just uh when everyone's pushing hard if you're not it's uh you you like you it's not it's not for you it's not your place it's uh you you create exactly. your 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 mini tribe in the gym and that's what's 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 pushing you and then you have to you have to prove yourself there. exactly exactly and uh, at some point uh, it's some athlete like you mentioned like they training too much and that's another type of uh, uh i don't want to say sickness but uh, it's a uh, insecurity you know you need to training over what you're doing and this cause injury this cause problems this cause other stuff and that's different like uh, is it's you need to uh, uh teach them to uh like uh, love themselves and uh, like uh, take it easy sometimes and uh, bring the science in you know bring the science and saying look this is the protocol we need to follow and this is how work on the top of the level so uh, you want to be there we need to follow there and and i i get angry a lot of times because this is my fault like like an athlete and like a coach i was always hard hard worker and uh, my team my my the guys around me it's following that and uh, i learned in my mistakes my injury and my things and and uh, yeah you need to uh, bring the science there and say look guys this is how it works for example like an mma coach you can't do everything you can't be uh, you the nutritionist you can't be a physio you can't be so you need to uh uh have a people the best professional you can have of course is about as well like uh, economical um finance of an athlete uh, oh not everyone can have a physio every day things like that but you need to prioritize them and make them understand like uh, love your body love yourself and and uh, uh, if I have to choose, uh, honestly, to recover or going out with friends, maybe spend the, in the drinking and feeling bad the day after, that's not the good things. It's better you spend that money on, I don't know, on good, uh, good food, healthy food, uh, recovery, uh, physio, massage, uh, things like that, you know. And yeah, it's uh, just bringing the science in and bringing the numbers and saying, look, this is how we need to training because this is how the top level are training. Yeah, and it's very important for the athletes to understand. That's common with uh, with MMA athletes because you're always competing with. Yeah. You always try to get better. You know, like to want something more. It's endless in every area. 
we have to understand that recovery is, is part of the part of the process. It's part of the part of your training. Sometimes the race is part of your training. Yeah. yeah. And uh, also, it's it's very importantly mental because uh, pushing all the time it's hard, and um, you cannot learn new stuff. So uh, even if you just exactly. try to study stuff like. Uh, your brain gets tired. How long you can study for a day? You study three three hours, and then you cannot stuff anything more in your head. It's not like a feeling exactly, about it. Exactly. So it's the same like uh, when you're learning new technique, uh, new move, uh, you know, polishing your own move. So like, if your concentration is, if you're tired, you, your brain doesn't accept. You can do hundreds of things at the same time, but it, your brain says, no, I'm not a bucket. I cannot feel anymore. So it's very important exactly. to keep also your your brain fresh, so you can you can you can learn new stuff and you progress your skills because at the end of the day, it's a skill sport. Exactly. Extremely skills. And of course, like every sport, you need uh, to, after uh, other effects will help you more, like uh, the heart you put on, like the mindset, the, the toughness. And this is why uh, this sport is, is, is so spectacular, you know, because anything can happen in, in, a, in, a, in a short time. And uh, in a moment, you know, and uh, honestly, after like everything, every athlete is uh, different, you know, I'm sure someone like Khabib is training like harder every day and like a coach, you need like to uh, keep giving that, but uh, try to, and you can see in the Khabib career, he have a lot of injury as well, you know, but uh, you need uh, like a, uh, Dominance in this sport is a, a, a way to training. So you need to training to be dominant. And uh, is a number of how the fights get, get win. I remember I was reading some percentage of UFC and I think 13 fights finish by uh, submission. Uh, something about 15 by KO, TKO. And all the other is about uh, decision, you know. So... You need to put your work in what's make you win the fight. And that's the, the things, you know, like uh, uh, it's periodized the, the, the training. I know sometimes I feel not my training get bored, but I feel like I'm focusing because I want to make clear this, like in this sport, it's so complicated. It's really hard. It's a lot of things you need to work on. But the biggest mistakes people made, it's losing, like maybe I'll make an example, losing five, six months training things you don't need, you know? And that's a problem because like, you can do that with a guy who's coming in your gym, like uh, 12 years old, 13 years old, you can spend some time teaching things fun, you know, who's more like uh, uh, making him enjoy, but when someone maybe late in age who is already have some fights wants to you need to change a lot of things in the in the game you know on the on the way not okay we stop we focus we training no on the way that's different because uh, um, uh, you need to cut the bullshit out i always say that and you need to give a packet to your athlete when the things actually work because if we're doing things like, I don't know, I, I know submission are beautiful and I know it's beautiful to submit someone, but if I, for that, I, I exp, uh, it's the attitude of the training. This is why uh, the dominance uh, of how 
with training, it's something we do every session. So be dominant, you know, because if I make one session when I'm teaching uh, a guy, uh, like uh, I, I'm making this example easy. Okay, you come in my gym, you have 16, 17, 18 years old, right? And we start training. And the first session I teaching you is how beautiful is an armbar from a guard, okay? And you, the, be, the worst things can happen is I put you sparring and you submit someone from the close guard armbar. What's going to happen in your head? You're going to have like a uh, feeling like, oh, this is amazing. It's so cool. I get the guy tapped who's doing MMA already three, four, five weeks or one month. I submit him in armbar. That works. But this brings wrong attitude because you're going to prioritize in your head saying, okay, uh, you're going to accept a bad position to try to submit him. And in your, uh, your imprinting for the sport will be wrong because we'll get a long, long time to change this feeling and get in your head like, oh, what I'm doing is good, but uh, it's totally wrong for MMA, you know? Because uh, uh, you need to get to accept, okay, uh, for example, uh, no one, uh, and I'm like a coach, I'm doing this a lot, but no one uh, understand how important it is to determinate things in a determinate uh, uh, moment of the round. I make an example. You are in the mount. It's the last round. You're winning the fight. You, you win the two rounds on trio. You win all the three rounds. You're in the mount, ground and pounding. It's 20 seconds left. You can, if you have the tools, you can lose the position and try, I don't know, armbar or try something. At the end of the round, even, you can do that, you know, uh, of the first round. But uh, this you can do uh, if you, you know, win the round, you are dominant, and you try to finish him at the end. But, for example, five minutes round, two minutes and a half, you are in the mount, okay? You start ground and pound, you find an opening, you go for an arm, but how many fights you see like that? Reverse position, now the guy's on top and you have lose your top position, your extremely dominant position to you know try to submit him and finish him early in the round. It's two minutes and a half left. Everything can change, you know? So stay dominant, ground and pound, heavy shots, find the opening. At the end of the round, you can go for a submission and... and uh, make the rounds in your pocket, you know, like, and make it, uh, uh, make the win, you know, that's the goal. You speak, uh, you said about the package you, you deliver. So, uh, do you have like a set, uh, kind of, you know, like, uh, how to say like system or like, uh, set, uh, certain set of rules that you, you want for someone to teach first? Uh, before you you proceed, so how you you proceed technically? You know, like uh, with with the, with the blank new student that you have planned with come comes to It's training. about you have like, a like basic... I say, yeah, like of course uh, we have like a basic skill set. Uh, I'm talking about it's different the package for a beginner and it's different package for who have a different goal like fighting and stuff like that. Okay, and uh, like. Uh, uh, for a beginner, is uh, is mainly even more important. Don't give him too much information and uh, confuse him. Like uh, uh, sometimes, and you you can see, for example, my fighters, 
when they have like they debut or first amateur they mainly uh bring the win home and and, and pretty easy because uh, like i invest uh, uh one two years like uh focusing like on the importance to be dominance because i make an example the, in the opposite way the feelings no and you need to make him understand that if you take everyone down right and you are on top position but you get to choke all the time you get to submit all the time in your feeling inside you you feel like oh i'm doing something wrong like that's wrong so you start like not and like a coach you need to really make him being stick on the plan because after four five six months or even sometimes sooner you're gonna be the guy who take him down stay on top they can't submit you and uh, you win extremely dominant and uh, without getting any injury one because stay on top makes you uh, avoid the damage uh, and makes you having less problem you know if you understand the game at the beginning of course uh, you taking people down wild without having any like um, uh, uh, knowledge about how to manage the second part of the action when you actually touch the floor and and the jujitsu the nogi starts no but when you're gonna get there and when you have uh, gonna have the basics but, but because make an example where the wrestler like look look the numbers uh, i don't know how many ufc champion uh, uh, are now and are uh, mainly old wrestlers you know because like if you teach a wrestler a basics takedown uh, uh sorry a basics uh, uh, submission defense and uh, and uh, uh, closing the space keep him on the floor and even take him down be able to take him down many times of the round like the things change uh, 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 a lot uh, for example at the earliest ufc you're gonna have you seen the, some wrestlers high level wrestler fighting i don't know crazy or but they didn't have any knowledge about uh, uh, submission defense and now when the wrestler have that uh, it's different uh, different things you know oh there was uh, there was actually like a great example for that uh, uh i think matt uh, who who fought with uh, with royce gracie again but uh, he was usually champion the wrestler guy like matt uh, not Matt Hamill. Matt, uh, yeah, 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 I understand which fight you're talking about. Yeah, so like after years, like he he fought back uh, with uh, Royce Gracie. It was Royce Gracie like came back? He completely wiped him out. Like uh, that only showed the evolution of the sport. Like uh, when all these times, exactly. all the jiu-jitsu guys was actually catching everyone with with submission. But then when the wrestlers weren't were how to how to play the submission game, then he was he it, it Royce Gracie was not even working on his level. It was like was like yeah. uh, he just wiped him out. That's yeah. exactly and you can see, you, you can see like the evolution. For example, in the nogi, like uh, you seen how, for example, the things are evolving. And I always say that, like, look at the best in the nogi in the world. They are all like top position guy now. Okay, and in the other section, you see the evolution of uh, like uh, the leg locks in the game. No, the leg locks are becoming like something really, really uh, dangerous. May you have to be careful because you can finish in really bad position when someone ground and pound in your head when you try to leg locks. But I, for example, think about the leg locks is really good way to scramble 
and maybe use it like make him think like okay he's gonna go for the leg look but you use the scramble actually to uh to to scramble up and get back on your feet from the bottom no you scare him with the leg lock he start defending boom you come back and and uh, uh restart the fight on the feet you know well i i look at i look at the leg walks in, in that way so the uh the the reason why uh, there is this like uh i call it city legend for leg walk why uh people like uh going for leg walk and end up in bad position is because of uh IBJF rules of leg walks from uh, some perspective yeah. uh, the yeah. way leg walk is uh, permitted in jiu-jitsu is wrong leg walk you know you don't do leg walk like yeah. that so uh, when we compete uh, my guys compete in IBJF rules say don't go for leg walks you know they don't know proper leg walks that's the wrong way to yeah. do a leg walk exactly exactly and uh, that's the purpose why because like many uh, IBJF being like most dominant uh, grappling rule set in the world uh, Exactly. That's why like people don't know how to do leg walks, but uh, leg walks are the same like every other submission. If you have uh, if you have good control on the position, like good pin, they ain't work. It's, it's a fast, fast and 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 good submissions to do. And uh, if you know how to use them, exactly. they they come they come with a very good addition of, of the game. Yeah, yeah, and this is why it's so important. Like seeing the evolution of the game, no, like we just say before uh wasn't like seen that often now you've seen in ufc you've seen a lot of leg locks finish him finish it and uh, now it's something uh, coaches and mma coach because like mma team is not i know it's hard because sometimes for the financial way etc uh, having like uh, uh, uh maybe a good mma coach a good mma a good wrestling coach good uh, uh uh, gi no gi coach it's hard for a gym you know but uh, uh, everyone have to do what what can do you know but the the thing is uh, try to do it in the most uh, professional way so uh, even if you are only like it's a small gym where it's only a mma coach uh, maybe with the uh, jiu-jitsu background or wrestling background or striking try to uh, periodize and do things uh, right you know having the the clear uh, uh, picture of the game, you know, uh, studying that way to offer like uh, in that package we was talking about uh, the most uh, uh, um, like uh, the, the things what really work for, you know, if, uh, uh, for example, you are not good on leg locks, just don't do it. Uh, teach people to defend it and don't even open this, this uh, uh, area. You know what I mean? Like teach the defense, don't uh, maybe teach the things like uh, can put him like in really bad situation. I saw even in some sparring, like uh, uh, or, or fights, when the people try to get leg lock and get uh, TKO, KO, uh, uh, um, and that's like uh, wrong from the coach. Like you know, uh, to teach them something you are not really capable for. This is a, and this is where the coach have to make himself different and say, okay, I have these um, holes in the game. Let's focus on that. Not say, "Oh, I know everything." You, no one can know everything. Uh, that's the things, the reality. So let's bring uh, yourself. Get it's internet is everything, and I, I, sometimes internet is not the best way. But try to with the internet find okay where I can go and 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 update uh, upgrade my my skill set. What I can do. What I can watch. Who I can contact. And, 
sometimes you don't need a lot. Maybe it's a good jiu-jitsu gym around the corner. You go there, maybe uh, uh, like uh, ask some advice. For example, I'm so lucky I'm working with um, Keller. Keller, uh, he was the winner of ADCC Japan. Uh, and uh, he uh, actually was in the national uh, judo team. Olympic team uh, of Australia and uh, he's uh, a high high level uh, grappler and uh, when I we uh, you know when you have the same mind we agree on a lot of things and uh, he's uh, like uh, no gi game is really really um, uh, like go for the submission really uh, dangerous but for example when we work with my MMA guys uh, and I spoke to him and said, look, I need to prioritize this. I need to prioritize the submission, uh, uh, sorry, the, the top position, and I need to prioritize top game. And he's completely say uh, exactly what we need to do because MMA, you know, they say every punch, uh, if someone is black belt and you are on top, you punch him once, he become brown belt. You punch him another time, uh, blue belt. It's not like that, but uh, I've, I've seen a lot of high, high level jiu-jitsu fighter maybe they come to try mma a good level when you start hitting him like get panic get like uh, of course because it's not it's not funny that's it it's very different and uh uh i can uh being being having the chance you know to compare you know the development of uh, bj and sambo from my area uh for example in sambo uh because of the rules uh guard never develop as, as, a, as a position uh you okay you have like exactly. just some moves you know you have the the basic moves you know like kimura guillotine armbar and whatever but never develop as a as strongly yeah. as in 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 bj just because of the headbutt in in combat some yeah. headbutt is a oh. lot and it's it's a it's a it's a very dangerous weapon so you cannot really spend uh, much in guard there so even in Sambu, if you're there, exactly. you're losing. Uh, so you know, in Sambu, you can uh, you can win by pins, but points by pins. So like, if your back is on the ground, you're losing by pins. So like, uh, even you play differently in in, in Sambu, especially combat seven, played a bit sideways uh, to stay away from from the head. And uh, the stand up is your 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 primary option before going to match. And I I find oh. that the transition transition uh, really good transition in MMA because uh, in MMA you cannot spend too much attempt time attending submissions because exactly. yeah, as you said when when the punches start training it's and and the uh, grounded pound is like a great weapon like they they did us there as well but uh, everyone can punch you in the ground it's simple it's way more simple you know to to land a punch than you know to pass a guard and uh, if you're getting and and uh, and, 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 and uh... I, I totally agree on that, and uh, I find like MMA fighters, you know, they finish on the floor with a good uh, level of jiu-jitsu guy. What they do, they don't ground and pound, or they ground and pound wrong. And this is really bad because like if you teach someone to ground and pound wrong, uh, for example, I'm in classic position, I'm, I'm in the guard, and uh, the guy is holding my right hands with the both hands. It's clearly he wants to attack. Uh, my arm you know and the people start punching with the opposite arm you give him the armbar straight away or triangle and everything and so what's happening in the fighting mind you have to respect the jiu-jitsu but you can't be scared about you know if you start being scared and you get submit one two three times you're gonna say fuck i don't gonna i gonna 
I don't gonna get finished there. Or, or the guy will always submit me. And, and this is the bad habit we started talking about, we was talking about before. So you need to make a session on ground and pound. When the people, they know they are in posture, they ground and pound in the right way. They make the damage. They use the ground and pound so they improve their position. No, not like going in the garden, start swinging crazy and just get always tapped from there. And of course, your habits are going to be really, uh, really bad, you know. Yeah, and ground pound is another area I think underestimated, not in uh, un underworking so, area. So it's it's very interesting area, and uh, there were interesting stuff you can do there, and uh, a lot of interesting way you know to tangle the the hands of your opponent, free yours, and it's I I, I think it's an area that uh, whoever is working over has an advantage because it's 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 most of people say oh you just get on top and you just punch and. But there's there's exactly. a lot of things you can do do from then uh, if you do properly that it's a it's a very good uh, pathway to to the win. So yeah. And and and, uh, and people need to work on as well like uh, uh, a lot on uh, prediction of the movement because like this is where you make the difference when you are in the guard and you start hitting him and you start like uh, uh, making damage how he can react he gonna try to scramble up. He's gonna try to create space to get back on the feet. He's gonna hold you down, or he gonna like it's certain things you can do. You can't like I don't know. Uh, he can sweep you, okay? And this is the three action he have, four action he have. It's not too complicated. So now, when you evolve your training in the gym and you say, okay, we start ground and pounding. What he do? Knee shield. Try to stand up how I act, how I react, closing the space, try to keep him on the floor. And this is one problem done. Second things, what he can do, he tried to uh, grab my hands, try to go for a submission, fighting hands, hit him hard, posture up and improve your position. And this is how you solving the problems. This is how coaching should be like uh, making simple and making like, okay, no, like, oh, you're in the guard now. I make an example. Uh, uh, go for the like he's in off guard. You go for the knee bar and losing. Why this is you can do when the people have cleared the aspect of the basics uh, way to develop your ground and pound uh, in that position. After you can have fun and you can teach something unorthodox, you know, but prioritize. Not like okay, oh. You can do that and you can go for the, you know, reverse knee bar and boom. No, you can't do that. You know, you're going to just confuse people and don't make him like uh, uh, effective in uh, the area in MMA are extremely dangerous because if I'm in your guard in MMA, uh, he, like I'm winning the fight and I'm making the damage. I have the gravity and everything. And yeah, for not talking uh -huh. about professional. Elbow, I'm, I'm working on this uh, on this uh, perspective and uh, so you know I have engineering background so like there's a thing yeah. called in, in physics which is called degrees of freedom which yeah. uh, degrees of freedom is uh, how many possibilities a body can can move so uh, yeah. generally like uh, what we do as coaches and in, in general martial arts so in general fight is the chaos right and uh, yeah. as fighters, as coaches, like uh, we are trying to put order in the chaos. 
And if you're able to put order in the chaos, you most probably gonna dominate and win. And uh, that works yeah. in that way. So if two people are standing against each other, they have most degrees of freedom, which means everything can happen. So they're both free, not, nothing restricts them. That's most degrees of freedom. When you catch him, someone in clinch, you get the underhooks, you take, you take degrees of freedom of him more. Okay, so he cannot use his legs. Or if you go for, for, for the legs, exactly. now he cannot use his legs. So like there's, he has less degrees of freedom. So now what's your next step? You take him down. Okay, you isolate the legs, but what's the next degree of freedom? He has, he has his hips, he has his hands. Now you have to take more degrees of freedom for him to win. So you have to isolate the, his hips so he cannot go for submission or shrimps or stand-ups. Now, the, the next step is to take more degrees of freedom of him. Okay, now he has his hands, right? He's depending with his hands. Yeah. So, so your your next step is to take these degrees of freedom. You have to isolate his hands so he cannot use. Now, okay, you have his hips controlled. Uh, you have his hands isolated. Okay, now it's time for you to start to attack. He has no degrees of freedom. You, you what, what you need to do, you have to set degrees of freedom of you. Okay, so I have to use my body, my legs, my weight, to free one hand so now my hand is free as degree of freedom for me so now i can start like attacking ground power like uh, you know like walking for isolating exactly. link for, for submission and at exactly. the end of the day uh if you look what submission is that's taking all degrees of freedom for your all your points he cannot move he's in the walk position no degrees of freedom he has to tap that that's that's the what, what the game is about like putting control in the chaos and taking degrees of freedom exactly i totally agree and uh, you clearly show how you prioritize your 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 athletes training and that's uh, the right way to do it because like i know it's fun like i don't know doing flying armbar or flying triangle it's fun like it's cool you know but this have to be uh, like when in the athlete's mind it's clear what he needs to do to win the fight if uh, you start teaching fancy stuff at the beginning you just you ruin an athlete because like uh, that's the reality like I, I always say to to my guys like like uh, it's it's not about basics the basics are complicated if you don't have clear in your mind what you need to do are really complicated because if you've seen like uh, you, you can see that I, I, of course i have to nominate uh, who is the best to do that and who who people know like kabib no People clearly, I remember when they was watching his fight, they was booing. There was like, the, even the, the, the normal athlete was saying, oh, but yeah, why uh, uh, doesn't stand up the opponent? Yeah, he all easy fights. But the reality is in his way to control the opponent, it's uh, like so simple, but so uh, well, you can see how many million of hours he has spent in all the section of the of the of every movement he does on the floor and uh, how uh, effective it is and dominant it is no because like winning 29 fights and win uh, like he probably have lost one or two rounds in all his career these uh, like have to bring attention to a coach and say like oh and what damage he have get in all these fights? He's a fresh athlete without uh, uh, like any brain like uh, damage. It's not. I know it's fun get in the cage, get wild, bang each other, but uh, you need to realize what what works 
if you if you are um, like a coach or, or, or like an athlete, because a lot of athletes they want like just go in and bang, you know, like you hear a lot of them doing that. But uh, you need to understand like uh, uh, what you have to be real. What's winning? Maybe things will. Sorry, another call. <laughs> You're busy, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, Khabib is a great example of how, how mastery is is applied. Uh, and I also get pissed, as probably most of the coaches, like uh, when people are booing, because uh, uh, unfortunately, MMA public is mostly from people who don't train. And they, they don't really see the mastery of someone who is able to apply the same thing to, to beat all the possible counters, everyone's training, you know, to everyone knows what he's gonna do, everyone's training what he's gonna do, he's, he's still impose his his game, and that's a pure mastery. Yeah. That's that's example yeah, of mastery. Yeah. And uh, and uh, another important thing, sir, they when they develop develop the the training, you need to play by uh, the rules they given to you. For example, no, uh, how the system works works they judge the judge judge every round right so who win it's 10-9 who extremely win and dominant the round it's 10-8 sometimes 10-7 okay if it's there uh, uh, is a draw but for example uh, this is how ufc rule works okay if you go in one championship they judge the all fights and that's different things you know for example and i, I like it in one way, but you need to evolve the the game to the system you are working with. You know, in one championship, they, um, for example, uh, give uh, uh, like the win who like uh, uh, make more damage and who not making only damage stand up but on the floor and who ends the fight in uh, in the winning way because like if the fight finish after three rounds and I make an example, and this happened in UFC. You win the first round, you win the second round uh, for the weight cut, for more things. You're losing clearly the third round. You win the fight, right? One championship is not like that, and I like it. But uh, you need always to play where where is the reality of the rules, you know? Because if the rules say we're judging every round, you need to win the rounds. You don't need to win the fights. <laughs> That's difference. In one championship, for example, you need to win the fight uh, completely. In UFC and the United Fight Rules, you need to win every uh, round. You don't, uh, and winning, uh, oh, sorry, you need to win in a title fight three rounds. Uh, in a normal fight, three rounds fight, you need to win two rounds. In this way, you win the fight. This is the way you win the fight. In one championship, this is why you see more. And for example, the, the knee in the head. They change the game. Like uh, uh, someone uh, thinks about twice. I, I I come from that background. Like wrestling is uh, how you win the fight, and what I believe uh, uh, is uh, the best things. But someone start can knee you in the head uh, on the floor. Huh, the things uh, are a little bit different, you know. Of course, you need to evolve the game in different way. Maybe having some type of shots. They avoid like uh, your opponent to to 
to knee in the head and and like uh, decide and prioritize uh, your takedown offense in different way. Like that's it. Yeah, uh, there's a classic, uh, uh, I'll say, classic teaching uh, in 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 fighting. You know, uh, you know Sun Tzu, the the Chinese uh, warlord, like uh, and his his teaching. Yeah. He has this principle, you know, the three principles when you prepare for a fight. Uh, you have to know your opponent, his weak and strong strong uh, sides. You know, you have to know you the terrain you're fighting. In our case, that's the rule set, the way of judging. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Even uh, the area you're gonna fight, you know, it's you know it's sometimes different. You if you fight in your hometown, you find someone else else town, and everyone is booing against you, and then you know yourself. So when you yeah. prepare for the fight, you have to cover these three principles. Okay, so did you study your opponent? Did you study your good, good and and and, and bad sides? And study yourself from perspective of your opponent. What he's gonna try to do to you? And then as you, as we were speaking, exactly. you, have, you have to know this is, this is, the, the way you're going to... This is important point you say, probably one of the most important, because people in the camp, they focus so much on what they're going to do to the opponent, but your opponent is preparing uh, themselves, so the coach have to be able to think about like uh, his coach sometimes, you know? So what I going to prepare against my fighter? If I was a good coach, if I'm a good coach, I'm gonna prepare that. So you need to have already, like I can say, the um, uh, antidote for his poison, you know. And uh, this is uh, the interesting chess game, you know. And I love it. This is uh, what I'm really good at. And uh, uh, we, if you see the Janae fight, was amazing. Like uh, we prepare uh, and you, you, I've posted some uh, alights and as well like uh, was an Bellator clip where I'm saying and she's executing at the same moment this is you just can do that if you prepare like uh, a great game plan and uh, and other things is uh, uh, you seen a warm-up or you seen how sparring in the gym when she lands this type of throw the Uchimata and uh, you see uh, she landed exactly three times in in against a black belt uh, uh, number six rank and number seven rank in, in the world you know and and um, really young and uh, and having this type this is why it's so important you trust your coach and and uh, you believe uh, uh, on what he's he's doing because and and this is where you need to be good like an athlete understand uh, where is your coach uh, in your life you know like uh, if he doesn't uh, can if he can't give you uh, uh the right uh, uh if can make you do the right choice that's not good to things like uh, we need to you, you really feel a connection with him but you need to evolve with him and like uh, this is what i have like most of the fights uh, we done in bellator and she finished Everyone and uh, I don't know if you watch the fight, but it's crazy how commentators say. I was I fight. was about to watch the fight this morning. That was my plan, but uh, uh -huh. because uh, by plan we were supposed to to speak a bit later. But uh, then you ah, yeah, to say, yeah, okay, yeah. let let jump into it and let, yeah, I was prepared. Yeah. You know, I I, 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 I had them may share. Gonna, was about to watch it and <laughs> yeah, but they couldn't. You you're gonna see and you're gonna get impressed like how the commentator like on the first uh, moment where uh, uh, like 
mainly my uh, like my the best things is wrestling for MMA. So cage wrestling and and uh, like all developing how to strike using uh, the wrestling. You no, know? like uh, this is how I work on and uh, where I'm like uh, uh, one of my strongest points. But anyway, on the fight during the fight, the the commentators say, "Oh, this is uh, not the right things for Janae to do." Finishing the clinch with her and. Uh, and after three seconds, Janae lands this throw is in her guard. Uh, uh, she, I, uh, I'm telling her, elbow, elbow. She lands the elbow and you hear the commentator. Oh, I think she's proving me wrong. She is uh, such a complete fighter now and she's uh, working, she worked hard and he starts nominating me and, and uh, like uh, saying, oh, she's done like good work on that. And the second round, he was kind of shattic again, saying like, oh, he shouldn't. Uh, the girl is black belt, he shouldn't be there. And again, we take her down. We are dominant. And what's happened at the end? If it was three seconds left on the third round, uh, uh, Janae was having deep rear naked choke, complete dominant fight on the ground, more than on the feet. It was like people were shocked, saying like, how is it possible? She's a striker. She dominated the fight and, and she's so... She uh, 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 show like amazing wrestling, amazing cage wrestling, and uh, a great ta uh, uh, a great uh, grappling defense on the submission and things like that was was this was the biggest win honestly like more than like the hands raised up like uh, like a coach for me this is uh, the the biggest satisfaction you know. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, I'm definitely gonna watch it after it, it's, it's prepared, but uh, it's, it's probably loading now. But you know, I just just couldn't couldn't you know do it before. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know. So let, let's let's go for for another practical uh, question. Or how you structure a, a training session? So 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 uh, um, it's uh, of course different programs for the experience of the guy. I have. Uh, in front of me it's different for professional i'm off as well because you know professional you have elbow uh, knee i'm off uh, like uh, i'm telling you in some situation in italy i was having some great fighters who have championship i teach them just to go run uh, for the double leg you can't get knee you can't get uh, any damage and make him fly uh, inside the cage, you know, and uh, actually was a winning style uh, uh, because, you know, you can run, the guy can knee in the, in the head, uh, that's uh, change when you get to the pro. And so there we have developed some kind of uh, safety, uh, not safety, like um, uh, we prioritize what type of takedown are uh, healthy and what's other are a little bit more like uh, uh, dangerous, no? And uh, we, um, I think, I think MMA is a different sport. Like, uh, of course, more so much similar to sambo, uh, and uh, you need to work uh, a lot on MMA. People like sometimes over prioritize like different section, but uh, I try a lot to put things together. And for example, where my fighters are really good are uh, on the on the scramble, like on getting uh, uh, like. Uh, um, in the scramble, maybe sometimes you know uh, uh, you are uh, on the on the uh, bottom and uh, like or you get taken down and straight away work for scramble and using the wall, using like uh, 
uh, all these uh, um, uh, intermediate section where people sometimes uh, have the biggest hole, you know. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. and 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 uh, like the program is uh, uh, different for professional and is different for the style of the professional fighter I had. You know, because sometimes you really need to fight against, uh, um, uh, not fight against, like you need to uh, uh, make your athlete understand that sometimes, you know, they become really good. I have a guy who he can actually have his uh, uh, MMA uh, debut now. I'm training him one year and a half. His wrestling, his MMA, it's uh, like he can, he can go pro if he wants now and he's training one year and a half with me uh, it's my product and everything the guy uh, at some point of his uh, i remember like uh, uh, was like before i left for uh, for bellator he started question and say oh you know i want to do more striking i want to i feel i can knock people down and i was getting so angry about you know uh, not so angry but i tried to make him get on the track because of course, it's like in the normal life. You get a, a fascinated about the guy with a nice car. You want the nice car because it's how how uh, looks. You don't think how much it can cost you uh, maintain a car like that. How much petrol you're gonna spend? How much uh, uh, insurance? And uh, you making a mistake buying this car, you know? So I I refresh him everything. I make him his head big like that, and I say, look, cut the bullshit you gonna find your opening for the strike using your wrestling and get back because he was getting sparring uh, the last couple of sparring uh, we had and he was getting taken down and he was always extremely dominant and extremely um, uh, like good on, on, on offense wrestling offense he was getting taken down because he was focused like on on bang on stay on the feet and try you know to get this knockout and he was getting taken down. He was losing around. And I say, you seen what's happening? And he was getting mad and say, coach, you was right. Like uh, I, I start working uh, in a different way and, and, and wants to do like, I think we, you can do, 100% you can do. But if you're takedown, like in one year and a half, you can't be a complete fighter. You, you have gonna have still a lot of things uh, you, you lack on. And one can be a takedown defense, you know, and and uh, and like you can stay and bang with someone who uh, you know can't take you down, and uh, the percentage of your defense is really really high, and that's a different story. But we are so far from there, really far from there. So one step at a time, and uh, yeah, make things right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm. I'm... I totally agree with you on on, on all all the stuff. Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, brother, how can people uh, follow you, find you on, on social media? Uh, so uh, they can uh, for any question, for any inquiry, for even sharing like uh, idea or, or or collaborate together. They can find me on Instagram or Facebook. My name is uh, Renato Subotic. And uh, even for a young athletes, if they want some uh, uh, 
have some uh, it want, they want to talk to me ask me some question i'm here i'm doing this 24 7 and uh, i'm uh, i love the sport i love uh, uh i'm so uh like um how can say um uh, always uh, hungry to learn and and to evolve things so uh, yeah i'm i'm here for the for the mma athletes for the coaches actually right now one of the good team coming up in sydney like is triple x uh, the coach mohammed uh, we start working together and he have a lot of young athletes coming up and uh, it's beautiful know how like without like uh, jealousy or things like people can share and can 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 grow and if they want to ask me uh, something um, I'm, I'm uh, always uh, uh, more than uh, uh, happy uh, to help you know uh, where is your gym how can people can find find it and uh, come so, work and train with you I'm a, I'm a responsible for the combat sport at UFC gym in Rockdale and mainly I'm there uh, and uh, as well like uh, um, I'm working in the King's Academy uh in liverpool and grappling education uh in uh, cogra so and mostly sometimes uh, other gyms sometimes uh, uh now i'm working as well with box class uh in paramata and uh i try really to uh is uh, uh actually uh, really good uh, uh really good teams coming up and uh, and uh, if i can help them like to to develop the work uh, and share my experience i'm happy to do that you know? yeah and uh, i hope like uh, soon you know like uh, we can we can travel freely so it it would be awesome you know to i i i, I had this idea before you know for for us you not know, to make like uh, workshops you know you you be my guest here and you know work with my students and like to exchange from time to time that More that would be awesome. Me. Uh, and uh, I hope uh, I hope the borders between New South Wales Queensland will be open so I can see your students on uh, Queensland Open next year on on 20th February. That would be awesome so we can come and, and compete. Yeah. We we already competed uh, in in Sydney and uh, yeah it's gonna it's gonna be awesome to to come together and compete. 100%. Well, thank for that, brother. We make make uh, two hours plus a really awesome talk. Oh. And, you oh, know, wow. I, I, I guess I guess speaking about them, maybe we can talk for three more hours easily. Oh, <laughs> I think uh, if we keep going, uh, uh, you're gonna divorce and uh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> thank for that, brother. One last question. Uh, so, what is worth yeah. fighting for? Sorry, what is worth fighting for? What's the, what's a good reason to fight for? Uh, look, uh, um, I think fighting it's really uh, uh, it's a it's something really uh, uh, strong, really big uh, uh, to bring in your life, and it's what a lot of young guy, a lot of people needs. Like you know, uh, I something I hear about a lot. Uh, um, it's about depression even in this situation you know we live now covid and and uh, where the freedom like uh, we're lucky in australia honestly but uh, still uh, 
a lot of people like maybe have lost jobs or or lost their freedom you know like to do what they make them happy and i think fighting it's something when you bring in your life really big and uh, they kind of uh, fighting close a lot of holes uh maybe you have like no no everyone have like easy life you know like and and, and uh, with fighting you can you need to be there 100 percent. so this keep your mind like out from stupid things you know and uh, and this is a uh, the most important work of one coach this is the first goal before any result before because what's make difference is not only the big coach who uh, takes people to ufc and uh, and uh, make them win the belt but is the local coach who uh, put himself in the first line and uh, you know maybe not everyone gonna be a fighter some of the guy gonna um, uh, bring uh, this fighting spirit in his uh, student's life or, or going to become a lawyer, doctor, and uh, and uh, this is uh, uh, the positive like um, uh, things about the sport. And uh, one thing I don't like uh, and I think uh, ruining athletes is uh, who uh, try to, you know, use the sport like playing uh, uh, some um, some I don't know uh, tough guy uh, street uh, uh, like uh, uh, things like that like bring a bad uh, bad lights on our sport. Not thinking we are like animals or things like that. When uh, uh, like in this sport, this one is what is the game changer at a high level. No, and yeah, this is what I think about. Like fighting can really help a lot of people who is missing uh, um, something in their life you know for me uh, was uh, something normal uh, something uh, i was born in and uh, i was lucky and blessed to have that in my life you know and this is why i try to really give back every day uh, who knows most of my classes i do i do for free i don't uh, like i'm lucky to to have a job and doing what I love to do. And um, like, I really put my student on the first line and I, I feel uh, uh, happy and blessed when I uh, see them like uh, complete and, and, and happy what they do, you know, and I feel okay, I'm doing things right. And it's, it's the energy, you know, coming back. If you have someone happy next to you, you're happy and uh, you feel like, uh, uh, you're doing things right, you know, like, that's it. Well, I think uh, it, it is because uh, the fighting sport is very hard. It's the hardest sport in the world. Like, uh, no other sport is as hard as uh, to uh, to step every day exactly. against someone who is prepared to kick your ass. It's, it's yeah. nothing is harder than that, but because it's hard, everyone gets uh, gets better, get the people practicing. Like, not, as you said, not everyone will be world champion in the gym but exactly. everyone learns lessons that can apply in apply in life and uh, become a better in whatever he's doing and uh, exactly. there's something else uh, in, in in especially in the western world uh, there's a lot of weakness uh, just because the the wife is like worse let's say slightly easier and uh, now when uh, yeah. when some difficulties hit people people will lose their lose their bond lose their head and uh, that's what fighting sport give, give to you, give you toughness and give you, give you, uh, give you this, uh, 
little tools to know how to deal with tough stuff. And I think it's very important, especially that at times like that, when, when things are getting a bit harder for everyone, you know, to make uh, uh, to make a bit a bit of time for, for finding sport in their life and everyone can benefit yeah. from that. Yeah. It's going to make you better, going to give you community, going to give you uh, something strong to hold on and you can, you can keep going. And hopefully sooner or later we'll be out from that and we'll be stronger than that. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, the main goal have to be the new generation coming up uh, because there's a lot of kids, you know, like, uh, because there's a lot of positive things about social media, about at this opportunity, but there's a lot of uh, bad things as well, you know, where uh, sometimes uh, we bring out uh, some idols, some stuff uh, like, you know, people and kids, especially, in that age when they uh, are a little bit uh, more like sensible uh, they you know start doing wrong things and this is where is our responsibility you know like human like coaches like uh, everything and uh, there's a lot of i like uh, before was kind of uh, uh, impossible to think about but i can't believe how many kids are suffering about depression about like bad things no and uh, we need to uh, look after each other you need to support each other and uh, it's good give him something strong to like um, uh, it's better you know the good one things i always gonna remember like uh, everyone have tough moment in my life i have in my first uh, i have uh, in first place a tough moment in life but i remember like going to the gym, like even um, uh, feeling bruised, feeling like uh, uh, tired, feeling like hurt, but it's a feeling, you know, it's a feeling. And uh, it's good. Like I know it sounds uh, a little bit uh, uh, crazy, but uh, uh, sometimes people need to feel things, feel the emotion, feel like uh, the pain, feel the things. In this way, uh, you're going to get through. And you have people in a gym, like other sports as well, uh, they uh, can uh, give it to you uh, this, you know, and and that's that's our first first things. The future generation, you know, this is the most important thing. I have a daughter, and uh, like uh, this is uh, what I would like, you know, uh, to not uh, uh, being scared, to feel like uh, understand it, to feel like. Uh, uh, she can really change their life. She can get out from struggle. She has support around. And uh, like, it's a lot of bad things around, a lot of bad things. And I I'm scared like a, like a father, you know? I'm scared uh, to, to uh, you know, um, j j sometimes need just a moment. This is why we need to build a strong generation uh, who uh, can say no, who can, when say, seeing the wrong things not like uh you see now all i'm bullying like three four of them get uh, uh and uh, and bully another girl or start bashing or, or using the violence and people recording laughing you know be able to uh, uh when you see something wrong stand like a man like a woman you know and say no that's not right why are you doing that and uh, and uh, this is uh, like what's uh, drive me like a father and not only like a coach, you know, like be able to to give this safety, you know, like uh, and I will try my best. That's it. 
Thank you, but that, that's a great, great way, way to finish that. And appreciate uh, your time and and uh, the talk we had. It's, I think it's really awesome, and people can can get a lot of that. So thanks for that, and hope hope to see. Thank you, soon. brother. See you soon. Take care. Cheers, brother. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Faisal podcast. Subscribe in your podcast app to receive the next episode. Stay strong and stay safe. This episode is brought to you by Tambourine Spring World. Visit tambourinesprings.com.au or call 0434-952-449 to order your water today. Tambourine Spring Water is a local business situated on Mount Tambourine. Their water is bottled at the source of their 163 meter deep privately owned spring. And Tambourine Springs, it's a matter of minutes from when the water is extracted from the ground to go into the bottle. They do not add any chemicals whatsoever to the drinking water. It only goes through filters to remove sand and sediments that come with the water. When you purchase your water from Tambourine Springs Water, you know you receive the best spring water Southeast Queensland has to offer from a local family on a mission to provide the best service and quality. Water companies are often blamed with a good reason for polluting the environment with plastic bottles. This is also not the case with tumbling spring water. Your water is delivered to your door in 15 or 20 liter bottles and your used bottles are collected, disinfected and refilled again. So zero plastic waste goes to the environment. Me, my family and my team are also using tumbling spring water. Once you drink real spring water for a while, you cannot drink anymore from the sink or any commercial waters from the supermarket because they stink and have, have bad taste. Ridiculously enough, in Australia you can mix 50% of the water with tap water and label and sell it as spring water. This is not the case with tambourine spring water. I personally know the family who owns it and have been numerous times in their small factory to see my water being bottled straight from the spring after filtration process. Find out more at tambourinesprings.com.au or call 0434-952-449 to order your water today.